Just uh, as we're getting started, there is a YouVersion uh, live event that is on the app right now, so if you want to go check that out. Um, there is a survey on there. I was curious to know how many single people you know. So you might need to take a second to think that through in your head, but there's a poll on there, and you can also follow along um, with the message outline through the app, or you can also use the paper outline that is in front of you. Um, so I just want to say hello. Um, I feel like I was just up here, and I guess I was two weeks ago. And uh, I want to say a special hello to the Allison campus and also to YouTube, um, all 100 and some odd of you that like to watch my sermons. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, tonight, uh, I'm, I'm preaching uh, the third uh, sermon in our Close Call series. So um, just before I get started, I'm feeling a little bit uh, frazzled today, but there's been a lot going on, I guess. I woke up this morning at about 6.30 and uh, took a handful of our youth and Jerry uh, to Wentworth, and we went skiing and snowboarding and had a lot of fun. I banged my head pretty hard at one point, and I was like, hope I can preach tonight, but I'm doing good. It's just a little, I have a bump somewhere. Um, and then, of course, came from there straight here, and I got to baptize my roommate, which is awesome. Very, very exciting when that happens, and um, got changed really quick, and now I'm going to preach. <laughs> so long day, long day. Um, so just before I get started in the message this morning, I wanted to share with you a verse of scripture that I just want you to keep um, in the back of your mind throughout the message, and then um, we'll be talking about it a little bit more in depth at the end. And this is uh, the verse. It's from Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So today we're looking at the third message in our Close Call series, where we are examining God's call on our close relationships. This weekend, I'm going to be talking to you about singleness. Now, <laughs> Brent and Dave and I thought this would be kind of a neat way just to preach a sermon, and I could be done in about 15 seconds. Jesus was single, Paul was single, and I'm single. Have a good night. <laughs> Maybe I should say a little bit more than that. Um, you know, when we were planning our sermon series out for this year, um, initially when I saw the schedule, I saw I was going to do the dating one. I said, well, you know, that kind of makes sense. I'm the next-gen pastor. Um, but then I saw that Dave was scheduled to preach the singleness sermon. And I'm like, Dave, how long were you even single? Like, I'm pretty sure you were married, like, kind of young. And so I actually kind of called, like, a meeting and laid my foot down and said, hey, I'm the single pastor here. I really feel like I, I should preach this sermon. I mean, Dave, you've been married almost as long as I've been alive. Is that right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I know, I know that with, with Brent and with Carolyn, um, with, with you know, the senior team, like they're, they're all married, and I think they've, they've been that way for quite a while. And so I said, we're doing a, a sermon on singleness. That would be as silly as if I got up last weekend and talked about marriage. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know what marriage is like. Never been, never done that. So I said, okay, you preach the marriage one. That makes sense. I'm going to preach a single one. And so then, long story short, I ended up now having to preach twice in one month. Um, so it's been a, a little bit busy, but um, really fun getting ready uh, to speak with you. Um, so here I am again, going to talk to you about singleness. So let me just start by saying my name is Next Gen Jen. I am 28 years old, and I am single. For the older people in the congregation here and, and watching on video, um, maybe being still single at 28 years old would have been a little bit of a rare thing in your day. In today's world, it's not quite as rare. There are more single people that are you know, getting older and still there, but it's still not really seen as the norm in society. 
Um, most people aspire to be married uh, someday. And Dave even asked in a sermon back in January, I keep going back to the adul- that adultery sermon, but it was a good one. He asked, um, you know, who, who that isn't married wants to be married someday, and almost all of the next gens put up their hand. Um, so what happens when you're growing up, you're a teenager, you turn into a young adult, and you're getting older, and you wake up one day, and suddenly you realize that this might not happen. Um, or... What if it did happen? Maybe you did get married, but through life circumstances, maybe there was a divorce or there was a death or or something else. Um, You find yourself single again. Then what? So today I want to talk to you about why we worry so much about singleness, um, what God has to say about the subject, and then how we should live in light of his word. So Matthew 6 verse 27 says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer to that, I think, is new. Um, So then why do we spend time worrying about singleness? Um, Some of you may not have thought about this question for a long time. You've been hitched, married for so long that you kind of forget what being single is even like. Um, And some of the younger people that are listening to this message, you just assume that you're going to get married when it's time and you're not going to ever really have to deal with singleness in a real way. But put yourself in a single person's shoes for just a second. What would they have to worry about? Well, how about how to cook for one person? It's really hard. (laughs) Or how about um, how to buy ingredients to make a salad? And just a hint, you can't eat a whole head of lettuce by yourself before it goes bad. Actually, you can't eat much of anything if you buy it that way before it goes bad. Um, How do you make big decisions like buying a house without knowing for sure how long you're going to be single? or not even having anyone to share the blame with if something goes horribly wrong. What if you lose your job? What if you get a bumblebee in your house and you're terrified of bees? Right here. The list of real practical worries of singleness is extensive, and actually that list I just shared with you is basically my own personal list. Um, So those are some practical worries that when you're single you can just be faced with from day to day. What about relational worries? When you're single you have to ask, who are my close friends going to be? Am I allowed to have a close friend who is married and of the opposite sex? Now, the answer to that question is no. Just putting that out there. (laughs) The answer is no. Um, When you're single, who are you going to turn to in a time of need? Who will give you a hug when you're going through pain? Who will you go on vacation with? And personally, for myself, I just go on vacation alone. Um, It really helps to be an extrovert if you're going to be single. Just saying. I'm (laughs) driving to Boston alone in May to go see uh, some concerts, not of Hanson, of another band. Um, I'm meeting up with people down there, but, you know, it's fine because I'm extroverted and I want to go, so I'm just going to go do it because it'll be fun. So those are some relational questions that singles have. Um, Even spiritual worries can come from singleness. I mean, the Bible is full of stories of love, relationships, and marriage. I mean, Eve was created because Adam was lonely. It starts right there in Genesis. So how many sermons do you think our church has preached this year on marriage? It's been a few, right? There's been, there's been a fair number. Um, some of the single people in the room might be able to tell me exactly what that number is. I haven't really kept track, but I know it's been many. Um, it says in the book of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. So then what about us? And it's not just aloneness spiritually, but physically too. I mean, humans were created for intimacy, and I would venture to say that possibly the greatest worry or struggle for single people is the lack of physical closeness with another. Remember uh, my dating sermon two weeks ago um, where I talked about trying to remain pure until marriage. 
Well, guess what happens when you're single? You're waiting a long time. It's not easy. And if you've been married and you had that intimacy and now you find yourself single again, you're going to miss that closeness that you once had. It's a worry, it's a hurt, and it's also a temptation. You see, we are wired in our culture to believe that happiness, that a full life equals being married. Just check out some of these pictures that are going to come up from Disney movies I found. I mean, I can't watch any children's movies without thinking, hmm, I wonder when my Aladdin or my Simba or my mermaid prince guy, I don't know his name, um, will come and sweep me off my feet. Well, does anyone know his name? I don't know. Eric? I, I've, I've only seen Little Mermaid like once when I was really little. Anyway, you can't help but watch these movies and just think like, oh, like as a child and even as you get older, like I wonder when I'm going to meet my Eric or my whoever. Um, so how does society define singleness? Just uh, go to that next slide there. Forever alone. Now, I thought I should explain this. Some people really know what this is and they're cracking up. Others of you are like, why is there an ugly cartoon on the screen? Um, it's kind of just an internet meme. I went on Wikipedia to try to get like an official explanation. Forever Alone is an exploitable rage comic character that is used to express loneliness and disappointment with life. And I believe a Morehouse boy actually had Forever Alone on his birthday cake there not too long ago. So it's kind of a joking thing, but like people always say like, was that you? <laughs> Why are my sermons turning into let's pick on Wes? I, I'm really sorry. I know it was one of you. I just don't know which one. Anyway, this forever alone thing is kind of like it's a ha-ha thing, and people talk about it on Twitter all the time, but it's, it's something that is you either have the Disney princess and the happily ever after, or you have this forever alone guy. So ultimately, our society defines marriage as meaningful and singleness as meaningless. And you know what? This really bothers me. People get so worked up at finding the one that sometimes I wonder if people settle and marry the lowest common denominator just to make sure that they aren't going to be single forever. And they either end up one of two things. They get divorced later or they're miserable for the rest of their life. But at least I'm not alone. Not to pick on any of the uh, older ladies at our church, and I'm not saying this has necessarily happened in this church, it could be other places, but I've had one too many of you ask me if I'm still single, and then when I answer yes, you tell me that you're praying for me. I mean, I, mean, I appreciate the sentiment on some, on some level, but again, I'm like, I'm like really? Because I don't feel deficient in my singleness. In fact, I'm actually pretty confident in it. I truly honestly believe that God calls some of us to be married, some to bear children, and some to be single. We are the body of Christ, and each one has a different function to perform. Some things are more easily accomplished with certain configurations. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes about times when it is good to be single. And as I joked about earlier, both he and Jesus were single. I didn't make that up. They, they actually were single. Um, and pr I'm pretty sure that God used them in his kingdom work to do pretty incredible things. Um, there are two biblical reasons why I am confident in my singleness and why the rest of you free birds out there should be confident too. So I have a question for you. Raise your hand if you think marriage lasts into eternity. Passes earth. Does anyone believe that? Well, you guys are so smart because it doesn't. <laughs> um, and if you don't believe me, you can check out uh, in the Bible, Luke chapter 20, verses 34 to 35. And this is what Jesus says in those verses. Marriage is for people here on earth, 
But in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Marriage is a temporary deal. We all came into this world single and we're all gonna go out single. Why are we so defined by our singleness as adults anyway? Do we look at 12-year-old children and call them single? Be like, hey, yeah, you're, you're nine, you're single. We, we, we don't do that, right? And when we leave this world and go into the next one, it says in Luke 20, verse 36, that we will be the children of heaven. So it's really back to our 12-year-old status or our nine-year-old status. We'll just be back to just being us. Some single men are concerned about starting a family because they want their family name to be carried through to the next generation. Maybe they were the only boy in their family, and if they don't get married, then that name isn't, isn't going to keep going. But, you know, there is a thicker bloodline you can pass down, one that matters far more than just your last name and your family heritage, and that is the spiritual bloodline of Christ. Singles have a unique ability to mentor and guide those coming behind them in the Christian faith. If you don't have any biological children, oh, my papers are staying together. If you don't have any biological children to carry your name down, spend quality time with your brothers and sisters in Christ and help pass the bloodline of Christ through to the next generation. Marriage is temporary, but our faith, that's eternal. Now, just because marriage is temporary, that alone may not make you feel very complete in your singleness, just knowing, okay, well, it's only temporary, but it's still kind of nice. But this next point should maybe make you feel a little bit more confident. In Matthew 6, verse 33, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. We can pay lip service to this verse and so many others like it, but it gets real when you have to apply it to something as personal as your relationship status. You know, singleness is not a plan B option, some second-rate standard you default into when you don't make it into a marriage relationship. Our society, even with all of its messed up views on dating and sex that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, our society still idolizes marriage. I mean, look at what we just came through, Singles Awareness Day. Oh, I mean, sorry, it's called Valentine's Day, right? Um, For those of you that got those lubby-dubby cards, and I'm sure some of you did, um, do any of these sayings sound familiar to you? You complete me. You light up my world. I am lost without you. I am empty without you by my side. Really? I mean, really? Are we really saying that another single person can do that for us? Shouldn't we really be saying that about Jesus? Maybe I should have got cards for myself and signed them from Jesus. Anyway, so maybe there are single people out there that are feeling incomplete or dark or lost and empty, and they're thinking if only they could get married, then they'd be all right. You know, that's a lot of pressure to put on a relationship. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure a marriage with that kind of pressure is more than likely doomed to fail. I believe the church can often idolize marriage too. And if it does, it will encourage singles to believe that their life is on hold until they marry. And I'm here to tell you that's just not true. Um, There is so much you can do as a single person. Don't wait to start your life. I mean, today is only going to be here once. And if you're like, well, I'll wait till I get married and then I'll start this wonderful life and things will happen. Like God is doing a work in you right now, no matter what your status. You need to be aware of that and see where he's calling you to right now. To be confident in your singleness, and also, I think, actually, to be confident in your marriage, you have to rely on Christ to give you everything that you need. 
To all the married people out there, you must not rely on your spouse to fulfill your hopes and desires, which only Christ can fulfill. And to the singles who might marry down the road, we must not rely on our dream of marriage to fulfill our hopes. Only Christ can do that. Listen to this quote by Tim Keller from his book, Meaning. Without a deeply fulfilling love relationship with Christ now and hope in a perfect love relationship with him in the future, married Christians will put too much pressure on their marriage to fulfill them, and that always creates pathology in their lives. But singles, too, must see the impermanent nature of marriage. If single Christians don't develop a deeply fulfilling love relationship with Jesus, they will put too much pressure on their dream of marriage, and that will create pathology in their lives. Christ is enough for you. Married, single, divorced, widowed. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So we've talked through the worries of singleness, which can be many, and why we can be confident in our singleness. So the last question I want to address tonight is how can we do single well? To the single people out there, how can we be single and do it well? I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy, because it's not. As a single person, I face many challenges that I would not face if I were married. But I'm sure if I talked to a married couple about their challenges, they'd have many as well. No matter where God has placed you, you need to be intentional in that lifestyle. God has you exactly where he wants you in this time and this place. So there are three P's you can keep in mind when aiming to do single well, or really just to do life well in general. So this kind of applies to everybody, but I am talking to the singles. Um, The first thing is to pray. God's guidance on your life is critical, but especially when you don't have a Christian spouse to watch your back and speak truth into your life. It is important to be talking with God regularly so he can direct your path. And I especially recommend asking God about dating people to make sure that you're not just kind of dating because of the fear of singleness. God's plan is better than yours, and if it's meant for you to marry, he has the time and the place and the person all figured out. And also, if we really are going to be complete in Christ, we really do need to be spending time with him for that to happen. The second P is to practice purity. This can be especially hard for singles. As I talked about in the message on dating two weeks ago, we are wired for intimacy, and this can, be, this can become a real stumbling block for adult singles. But God's strength is enough. He would not have called you into the single life if you could not handle it. Physical, mental, and spiritual, keep yourself pure. Run from anything that may cause you to stumble. If it's God's plan for you to eventually marry down the road, you won't want that baggage following you in. And if his plan is for you to never marry, you'll be saving yourself from a load of sin, addiction, and guilt. And the third P is to pursue friendships. One benefit that I see in marriage, I know there are several. You guys can fill me all in on those later. Um, One benefit that I do see in marriage that singleness doesn't have is all of you married people have a built-in default best friend. When you're single, you don't really have that luxury, especially as you get older and you realize that more and more of your friends are getting married. It is so critical if you are single to cultivate intentional friendships around you. Now, Pastor Dave is going to be talking more about friendship next week, so I don't want to speak a sermon now and give too much away. Um, But a single 28-year-old values her friendships like a high school kid does. 
Without them, he or she would be alone and lonely. So a shout out to everyone here who's not single. Please try and welcome a single person or two into your life. In the church especially, I find we often try and group ourselves based on our family status or on our age. But sometimes, you know, it's good to just be the church and to spend time with other brothers and sisters who may not be in the same life circumstance as us. Some of my best friends are married and some of them have children and some are much older and some are younger. But you know what? That's okay. You can show honor and the love of Christ to the singles around you by welcoming them into your life. And a a shout out to the people here who are single. Please stop whining about being single. (laughs) If every time you're in a group, you start coming up with what number of the wheel you are, like you're the third wheel or the fifth wheel or the 11th wheel or whatever, please go back to the point two of my sermon and get confident in your singleness. God's plan is right for you. Don't waste it waiting for what you think should have happened by now. Live according to where he's placed you right now. And seek out those friendships and even be a little pushy if you have to, because you need those friendships in your life. You know, it's pretty fun that I just preached a sermon on being single. Has this ever happened before? I don't know, maybe. I am so honored to have shared this with you as coming from personally a single person myself. My life has been really fun so far with a couple of relationships sprinkled in and honestly even one almost married relationship. And who knows how much longer I'll be single. Nobody knows except for God. I I mean, I don't know. I could be married a year from now, or I could die an old, happy, single person. But one thing I do know, God has a specific reason why I am single right now. I can't form into a single sentence what his purpose is for my singleness, but I see hints of it in my life every day. I feel like it's time for Christian singles to really reevaluate their feelings and emotions and learn to center themselves on the promises of God. A lot of the stress of singleness comes from worrying, but why do we worry? And this is where the verse I shared at the beginning uh, fits in. Matthew 6, verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Who are we going to listen to as we seek to define ourselves? The people who make Valentine's Day cards and Disney movies, who say you can't be truly happy until you're married? Or will we listen to Christ, who says that we are complete when we are in him? Jesus says not to worry, so stop worrying. God's got it all figured out. Seek him, trust him, and he will give you all that you need. Single or married, we all need to be reminded of this. Let's take a moment to pray. Dear God, I thank you that um, you have a plan for all of us, God. And sometimes, especially around this time of year with Valentine's Day and everyone talking about the relationships they're in, it can be really tough as a single person. God, help um, the singles here, myself included, to know that you are enough for us, God, that you have a very specific plan for our lives that includes being single at this moment. Whether we've never been married or we have and through circumstances we're not anymore, God, you have a purpose for us. Help us to see it, God, and help us to walk in your way. And God, for those of us here who being single might be a very distant memory or maybe we're so young that we haven't really thought about that possibility yet. I just pray, God, that you will um, give us a heart um, to show love and acceptance to all of Christ's family, God. No matter what 
status we're in right now, God, whether we're married, single, have kids, or are a kid. Um, God, you just want us to be the church together. You want us to be a community that is serving each other with our gifts and with our life circumstances, God, and giving it all to you. I just pray that you will help us uh, work through this and to, um, above all, God, just uh, help us to know that we are complete in you and only in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.